book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 3. Book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1. Sorry, verse 1 through 3 is what we're going to read. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with him, unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Pastor, if you will, please pray again for the service tonight. Lord, I pray, touch the word of God now, using mightily your glory, gives ears to hear. Lest I believe them your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a question for everybody, and you can raise your hand. How many of us in here have been on a diet? <laughs> I see everybody's hands raised. And if, if you are over the age of about 18, you have been on a diet. And um, I find it amazing how many diets there are out there. I find it even more amazing how fast it is that we get off of the diet. A lot of the reason is because, you know, we have things in the world like the Krispy Kreme hot and now donut sun. And you go past it and you're like, oh, 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 I need that. But I'm on a diet. I need that. In all seriousness, it is pointless to stop at Krispy Kreme donuts and go off the diet. If your main goal is to lose weight, this is exactly what we do as Christians. And we know our goal, and we also know how good the world tastes. And our opinion that it is worth it takes over our will to follow the correct steps to reach our goal. To follow God in every decision and circumstance should be our goal as Christians. Anytime we choose our opinion over God's command, we are making a big, huge mistake. Now look back at the text with me into chapter 1, verse 3 of Jonah. It says, but Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish. That little word, but, is so crucial to this text. Dr. Rob Mattoon wrote in his book on Jonah, the consequences of different responses to duty are detailed in this book. Turn with me now to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Again, that was Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Jonah here was definitely not in the good because he was going away from God. And the only other option God gives us here in His Word is evil. There's no gray area with God. Say amen right there. When we say yes to self, to our opinion, what we want and we forget our duty to a holy God, we have made a big, huge mistake. Now flip back to our main text in uh, verse 3. That little word, but, is where Jonah decided to forget his duty to a holy God. And that is exactly where Jonah turned 180 degrees, like I said before. Jonah in this text was butting against God. And this was bound to bring him strife, and it did. In verse 15, he gets thrown into the ocean, then swallowed by a great snapping turtle. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all have heard this story so many times, I thought I'd throw that in there. Glad to know you're paying attention. The Bible calls it a big fish. And um, just prior to him being thrown off the boat, there was a terrific storm that had shaken all the sailors and crew. And um, Jonah was not one of these crew, though. 
He was different. These men were mariners. They called them salties. Jonah was just a simple stowaway and a sleeper. How many times do we fall asleep on God, dearly beloved? I love the pastor's message tonight. It's amazing. As soon as Jonah went to sleep on that ship, a storm come. And God could have helped him, but he was out of the will of God. God could have helped him, but he was sleeping. As a born-again Christian, men and women, we should never fall asleep on God. The Bible says in 1 Peter, Be sober, be, vig- be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Anytime we fall asleep to the dangers God has brought to our attention, we are shooting ourselves in the foot. Let me say that one more time. Anytime we fall asleep to the dangers God has brought to our attention, we are shooting ourselves in the foot. And you know, it's scary when you finally come to the realization in your later years that your carelessness has now brought you and those around you down. Whenever we sin, we never go down alone. The people in that boat were going to go down with Jonah and his sin until they threw him off the boat. It was smart. And, uh, but, um, lost my place here. One wrong, all right, here it is. One wrong decision, not 25. Jonah made one wrong decision to disobey God. And that led to Jonah's trial that he could have skipped. Verses 3 through 17 never had to happen. Had Jonah obeyed this very difficult command of God. You think this would be the natural order here, but it's not. You ever been swimming in the ocean and a whale come up and say, Hey, will you ride inside my belly? It's not natural. And um, God didn't want him to disobey. God wanted him to obey. That's how the order set up. This would be a great time if you're a Bible student student, to note there are many types of buts. And I found two that are pretty contrasting. It's an obedient but and a disobedient but. We've already read Jonah's disobedient but in verse 3. But here's Job's obedient but. Pay attention to this. Then said his wife unto him, Doest thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest like a foolish woman. But, he said unto her, that was an obedient but. As we live life, we choose one or the other. Either we're in Job's obedient but or Jonah's disobedient but. Now let's flip right over into chapter 4 of uh, Jonah. Verse 11, last verse, chapter 4. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Now the first time I read that, I was like, God, why is cattle important here? Like you're talking about people, you're going to revive the people of Nineveh under Jonah's preaching after you teach him this lesson. But why and much cattle? That little statement tells us that whether something that whenever something real happens, it happens all around us and does not exclude any individual or any person. I've already said it before, if you're living in sin, you're going to bring others down with you. But the very opposite could happen. If you're living good and you're doing right, you're going to encourage Christians around you. You're going to start having a different response to things in your life. Wait a second, preacher. So you're saying every decision I make could affect my kids. It could affect my coworkers. It could affect whatever you think. Yes, it can. 
This is exactly why we cannot quit and throw in the towel to the work of Christ. And we cannot, absolutely cannot, get too busy for God tonight or ever. When God saved you, and hopefully you are saved, if you're not, you happen to be in the absolute best place you can be tonight. Today is your day. I know... God saved you for a divine purpose. And if you're not living for Him, or you have fallen out of touch with your God tonight, today is your day. I know so many people who need to get back to God tonight, but they know they missed out on God's perfect dream for their life. And if you're in that boat tonight, let me tell you, God's got a second dream waiting on you. God gave Jonah a second chance in between chapter 1 and chapter 3. He came to him the exact same way. He had the same dream waiting on him. Now, it took Jonah a little bit more heartache because he was disobedient, but he had that dream waiting on him. Now, um, back to the message at hand. Uh, Those last four words, and also much cattle. Here's my first point, Jessica, since you told me to outline them. My first point. We do not sin alone. The pastor has said many times that if our relationship with God this way isn't right, then our relationship this way with other humans and animals and anything like that will never be right. The people of Nineveh had not been following or seeking God. And the cows were brought in on this wickedness of the people of Nineveh. As they were brought out with sackcloth on the revival that had taken place. So whenever the people was living in wickedness, the cows was with them. And whenever they were brought out, they had sackcloth put on them. And they were holy cows. And um, so yeah, that's, that's what it says. It says that in between the lines. This is important if it's in the Bible tonight. We might be bringing others down with our sin and we might just be bringing people up with encouragement and simply doing right. My second point, if I have one tonight, would be we do not suffer alone. So we do not sin alone and we do not suffer alone. Back in the story of Job, God showed Satan what a true obedient servant looked like. In Job 1.8 it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Jonah is not the only one in the Bible that was called to do something difficult. Now going to Nineveh was going to be very difficult for him. That was a very mean, hateful, not God-fearing people. And... Um, But Job was also put in a situation like that, a difficult situation. He was in between a conversation with God and Satan, like the pastor said this morning. But he responded correctly. I love camp meeting. And uh, the pastor also brought up this this morning. Brother Tom Gillum's message was on peekabooing behind your circumstances and seeing God. And I'm telling you tonight, the reason that Job lived in victory and was not defeated by his circumstances was because he peekabooed right around his circumstances and he saw God. Jonah did not. You know how I know Jonah didn't know? Any preacher with any ounce of God about them, and Jonah was a preacher, any preacher with any ounce of God about them would not want an entire city of people to die and go to hell. And had he known that God was actually going to use him to revive the wicked people of Nineveh, he would have went. I was in the car with um, Brother David on bus visitation. And we was talking back and forth. And we got to talking about, I think, the July 4th whenever we did the pledges. And in the Bible pledge, it talks about a lamp unto my feet. Not a light down there on the intersection. It's right here on your feet. He gives you just the next step. He don't give you down the road. He only gave Jonah here the next step. He said, arise and go to Nineveh. He said, preach the gospel. He said to go. 
He didn't tell him there was going to be a revival. So therefore, God knew that He was still going to revive them. But He didn't tell Jonah that. And that's exactly why Jonah was disobedient until he picked a boot around the circumstances and saw God. We are not all a Job, and Jonah was not a Job here. He was not obedient until he saw God and realized his poor decision. We will not respond correctly if we never look and seek God for everything. You know how we... Oh, yeah, I already read that. Now, while Jonah was not obedient, still don't criticize Jonah here. I mean, we can't even put up our pride now we're a day and read our Bible. He was sent to a far, far country, and he was going to preach the gospel to this very wicked people. We can't even read our Bible. Don't criticize Jonah here. We choose our opinion over God a lot. At least we're consistent. It's bad. It's mediocre Christianity. Mediocrity has destroyed Christianity. The Bible says Jesus will spew out lukewarm water every time. And in this service tonight, it might be time to get back to God. It might be time to choose God or the world because you can't live on the fence. I know I've probably already upset some people tonight and popped some bubbles, but church, you can't serve two masters. Job had the good stuff. He had the obedience we need. And um, the cause of Christ is not going to grow any by us amening on a church pew and not taking up the cross daily and following Him. I believe it was Gandhi who said, if it weren't for Christians, I would be a Christian. Wow. Now, he was wrong in not believing God anyways, but so are we for being so wishy-washy and in and out, up and down, a stumbling block. Told me a number of these and they got mixed up. There it is. Who's guilty of being wishy-washy tonight? I know I am. God forgive me. Just remember that before you badmouth Jonah. Now, have you chose to be in Job's shoes tonight? Actually doing what God has asked of you. Choir, bus ministry, cleaning the church, missions. It's not easy to give God 100%, 100% of the time, is it? I'm no mathematician, but if I have $100 and I give $100 to Joe over here, guess how much that leaves me? If we give God 100% of us and 100% of our time, 100% of our every increase, then that leaves us with zero. That's why it's hard to do. That is exactly what God is looking for tonight. I remember the preacher talking about this um, uh, man. He was selling this um, house. And the realtor called him, said there was somebody coming to uh, look at it. And so he come and he looked at the living room and the man locked it, had all the other doors locked. He, um, he had the door to the kitchen locked, the bedroom, the bathrooms. And he said, um, can I go look at the rest of the house? He said, no, only this room is for sale. He said, okay, well, I'm not going to buy it then. Maybe tonight God's knocking on the door of your heart and He wants more than just one room of your house tonight. Maybe He wants every room. Maybe He wants veto power and control over everything. This brings me to my third point. So let's review. You do not sin and reap the consequences alone. You do not suffer alone. And finally, you do not sacrifice alone. I have heard the pastor say many, many times that preaching is the easiest part of being a preacher, which I do not believe whatsoever standing up here in front of you today. (laughs) But, but, he has always said the hardest part is number one, crazy church members. I'm just kidding. He said number one is dying to yourself daily. 
That is the hardest thing. And it is the most important thing. Brother Matthew handed us all out a card one Sunday night. Um, I believe it was after a message he had preached. And um, it has a Dr. Lee Robertson quote on it. Hanging up in my wall. Um, it, said, um, it says, Die to self. And then it says colon. So this is the definition of it. Die to criticism and die to praise. Be filled with the Spirit. He delivered this quote first at an interview. He answered every question with that quote. And I have reason to believe Dr. Lee Robertson lived what he said. Because God used him in a mighty way. We need to sacrifice ourselves to God tonight. Jonah didn't. He wasn't completely sacrificed and surrendered to him. Um, Whenever I uh, was called to preach, I surrendered to preach. I didn't just accept the call to preach. You have to be 100% in. um, And um, we need to sacrifice ourselves to God. You're not alone when it comes to this type of sacrifice. You can look at the cross and find this out. In John 3.16, it's such a well-known verse. Say it with me real quick if you remember it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave the ultimate sacrifice of His Son on the cross for us and for our sins. By the way, I've already touched on this, but if you're not saved, or you have a shadow of a doubt about your salvation, tonight you need to come to this altar. You need to run. Time is running out, folks. Jesus has done His part. All we have to do is accept Him. In closing tonight, if everyone would bow their heads real quickly. I'm getting ready to turn it over to the pastor. But before I do, I would like um, to ask just one eternal question of you. As I have said before, God is coming back. And tonight, whether you need to come back spiritually or maybe you just need to get saved, God's here for you tonight. If you're not under His blood from the cross and you've never asked Him to come into your heart and save you, make you born again, I beg you to come to this altar. Life is way too short and eternity in hell is way too long to live without God. Maybe you say, Preacher, I'm saved. But I'm not sure that I've given God 100% in these past couple days. Maybe you say, I've not been the Christian that I ought to be. Maybe tonight might be time to choose God or the world. You say, preacher, I can't come down there. It's too scary. I understand. I won't come to you and I won't embarrass you. If you don't know where you're going, if you die tonight, and you don't want to come to this altar, slip your hand up right now and let me pray for you. Life is way too short, and eternity in hell is way too long to be living without God and without being saved. Slip your hand up real quickly. I'm going to turn over to the pastor. Thank you. Let us pray. 
Thank you, God, tonight for these people. Please bestow the richest blessing on their families. Touch the lost hearts that are no doubt in this room tonight. Show them their condition and save them. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Help us, Lord. Amen. Pastor. Amen. Let's all stand to repeat every head down and